Welcome to Up Next. I'm Gabrielle Boucher, millennial author and entrepreneur. Each week, I bring to you next generation leaders and millennial game changers to inspire you to change your world. Let's see what's next. Hey, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about voter fraud. Does it happen? How often does it happen? And what we can actually do about it? I'm excited to welcome to the show for his first appearance, William Briggs. And William is a contributor here at The Stream. He writes on a whole host of topics, but this topic is fascinating. I'm excited to talk to him about it specifically because William is not only a contributor here, he's a statistician. And my favorite fun fact I found out about him is he actually started as a cryptologist in the Air Force, which I find fascinating. So William, welcome to the show. I can speak uh, in code if I need to. <laughs> well, <laughs> Nobody would understand. We'll, we'll see if we're going to need that later. Uh, but voter fraud, it's, it's a topic that every time we come off of an election is is a really hot topic. And, and here we are just ending the first 100 days for President Trump, and the topic is still really hot. So why do you think we're still talking about voter fraud? Well, because voter fraud exists. Uh, that's primarily the reason. There's been lots of documented instances of it, but I don't think anybody knows, I, I certainly don't claim to know, the true extent of it. I mean, we could sort of classify it into various bins of the types of illegal uh, voting, but uh, getting estimates for each of those different types or bins is is very difficult, um, and uh, for the obvious reason that these are frauds, and uh, finding them requires large-scale investigation. Uh, to say it doesn't exist, however, we know that that's wrong. There's many documented instances uh, of fraud. So we just need to extrapolate from the documented instances that we do know of to sort of the general population. Right. But nobody really has a great idea how to do that, except that it would involve a lot of time and a lot of money. <laughs> right, right. The, those investigations that, that seem to go on, uh, on forever and those special committees uh, that we like to put together, but it, it is interesting to note. So Pew Research found that about one in every eight current registrations is either fraudulent or has some sort of inconsistency. So it's it's true. There's a the heightened need for us to be able to to address this. But whether you're talking to kind of someone on the left who may say there's zero voter fraud, or if you talk to the president himself who says there's anywhere between three and five million fraudulent votes that were cast. Uh, it's it's a, a fairly contentious issue, but I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Can you explain for our listeners what you mean by fraudulent? It's not just, you know, the Mickey Mouses of the world who are voting. Who else would count as a fraudulent vote? There's all kinds. Uh, there's, you know, there's people here who are here legally, uh, immigrants who are here legally. Maybe they have a green card or uh, H-1B visa or something like this. These people are still ineligible to vote. Uh, but some may vote mistakenly, thinking they're allowed to, and this has been found. Uh, there's there's actual non-citizen voting. These are people who are not part of the legal immigration system, 
but who are here and who are either encouraged to vote or believe that they can vote or might have been given the nod that they can vote. Uh, that happens, and those have been documented. The dead do vote, um, but we've got to be careful. A lot of times what happens is someone will vote, and uh, by the time their records are checked, they will have deceased. So in some cases, elderly people have an absentee ballot or they, they vote in the actual election, and they later die, and it appears that we've had a dead person voting. Well, that happens. So we can misclassify these things the other way, too. But everybody knows that uh, the Day of the Dead in Chicago is also called Election Day. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess that the, the, joke, uh, the joke is a well-known joke. I included it in the piece. Uh, a guy says of his father, well, my father voted Republican all his life. But since he died, he votes Democrat. Right. <laughs> because it's a machine town. There's, not, not, there's tons of history of fraud. I go through a history of a particular case of ballot stuffing. This is the next type of uh, voter fraud. These are just fictional names, just made-up names. Uh, and because people are very resistant for asking for an ID, we don't need to know who's voting. Anybody can uh, stuff a name in there, and uh, Chicago is the best place to look for these kinds of stories, and that's exactly what we find. A particular alderman was stuffing Democrat names into the ballot box, uh, to, uh, more than enough to sway an election. Uh, you also have legal citizens, people who are allowed to vote and should, but who vote more than once. This happens a lot. Probably in Brooklyn, probably also in Chicago and other Democrat machine towns where people are bussed around uh, to vote. They're oh, yeah. put in one place, uh, one polling station, they vote there, they bust them to another, they vote there. This has also been documented. And then last, uh, these, are, these are just the major categories, but the last of the major ca categories are felons. Right. Uh, this depends on the state, and there's all kinds of laws, and so sometimes the person who has been convicted of a crime may not know they're not allowed to vote, but do anyway. Other times they do know they're not allowed to vote and go ahead and, uh, and vote. That's probably not a large total. But uh, there, there are a significant number of people that do vote. I mean, like you said, Pew found that about a little under 3 million people have multiple res uh, registrations. Well, some of that's innocuous. You know, you, you live in one state now and you're registered to vote and you move to another one and you register to vote there relatively soon after you move. Now you have two registrations. And most people don't do anything about cleaning up the old ones. So you have to be careful about just extracting. That doesn't mean there's three million or, or so people right. voting multiple times. It's just that's that's a possibility. So how do we resolve this issue? I mean, there's, of course, discussions you, you can. about... You have to take each of these categories yep. and you have to investigate each one thoroughly. Now, this academic team picked a, uh, a particular aspect, the non-citizen voting. These are the people who uh, are here either legally or not whether they have a green card or, you know, some kind of visa, or they're just here because they broke the law to get here. Uh, they have a database that they have. Uh, it's called the Cooperative Congressional Election Study. It's one of these, uh, what they call a longitudinal study, meaning they ask the same person the same kinds of questions over time. 
And some of the people in this study are non-citizens who admit to voting. Now, they're not allowed, but they did. And uh, the idea was, well, if you extrapolated those findings from the from the sample that they have to the population as a whole, it we don't have the exact numbers, but it it's certainly many, many more than zero. And and maybe perhaps President Trump wasn't too far off base when he might have hinted at a million or so. And of course, the people that did this were just doing a standard uh, survey analysis, nothing fancy, but it goes against the sort of received political wisdom that there can be no possible voter fraud. And so there's all sorts of statistical arguments uh, that hinge on this study. And I think the winners of that dispute are the original study authors, and they seem to have demonstrated fairly well uh, in at least some aspects we have non-citizens who are uh, admitting to voting. Like, but they, they may... They may not know they're not allowed to. That's a that's a key point in contention right. here. Some of these people do think they are allowed to vote. So that's a matter of education. Well, it's so interesting. I mean, you go down to uh, to the voting booth on any given election day, and there's always just a tinge of chaos. And I remember I had moved from Virginia Beach up to Northern Virginia a few years ago, and and the voter registration was lost somewhere between. And I remember standing in 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 the school where I was trying to vote, and and one of the the precinct leads came out and said, "Well, it doesn't matter. Your vote's not going to count anyway." And um, I ended up going and and um, speaking to I think there was like a local board I had to present in front of, and there was just this really long drawn out process because I wanted my vote to count, and uh, and it just really opened up my eyes through what not only an incredible right it is to be able to to vote, but how many things can go wrong, and of course there's questions on both sides of the aisle is, do we need to use more technology? Do we need to make sure that we attach IDs to every person who comes in to vote? And, and I think that your analysis is really spot on that it, it completely depends on what type of voter fraud we're going after. Well, the the technology is not necessarily going to be our savior here. I, uh, I point the links to Actual reportage, now there's film on this, uh, as they say, where ballot machines, the electronic ballot machines were defaulting to Hillary. People would select Trump and, the, and their vote was registering Hillary. And they have, they, they showed it on camera, they had a couple of news stations from various localities. And all the reports, now if you imagine that there's, there's always a possibility of software glitches and the like or malfunctioning equipment. But it's kind of strange that all of the malfunctioning equipment seemed to point uh, in one direction and not another. And so that's an, you know, so you can, who knows what's going on? You have to really trust the people who are running this software, but you have to open it up. There, There are ways of doing this. It's called open source. You have to, you know, show the code that's being used so that everybody who has knowledge of this kind of stuff can take a look at it, see what's happening and critique it. Uh, we may have to go back to the systems that they have in some, you know, some countries where they they dye your hand blue for the day, so you can't wash it off easily. Yes, yeah, so you can't you can't do it twice. But it is interesting to note 
somewhat anecdotally here in our conversation that it tends to be that the Democrats are the winners of of this fraud game uh, and Republicans tend to be the losers. And and but we see it in in the media as well is that, you know, we're more likely to hear from a Fox News than an MSNBC about voter fraud. Why do you think that is? Yeah, and that's because uh, the most big towns, uh, the big municipalities like New York, Chicago, uh, Los Angeles, uh, and so forth, they're mostly Democrat machine towns, and so the possibility for fraud uh, opens up. And uh, is everybody knows of this fraud, you know, the citizens who live in these particular places, uh, Philadelphia and the like. So it's not a surprise to, to ordinary, normal people. It's only it's only that the media pretends it's a surprise or pretends it's not happening, and that becomes absurd uh, when when we have these documented you know incidents and we have these reasonable estimates based on surveys and we have of all of these buckets. There's studies or or some kind of numerical evidence that every one of those buckets I told you about, every one of those categories, there's at least a substantial number of people voting. Now, we don't know this, what we don't know, except for the, the, the malfunctioning, so-called malfunctioning machines and the ballot stuffing. We don't know which direction this voter fraud is, is going. Uh, that is something you just can't tell for the most part. You know, if you have somebody who's uh, broke the law to get here, and they voted, all they, and all they admit to is voting, you don't know who they voted for. So it's a surmise after that. So that's a, that's a really difficult thing, and there may no, be no good way to get those kind of estimates. Well, voter fraud has absolutely been a part of a conversation with every election that we've, we've had. But recently, the 2016 election has is, is got a, a new twist and a new flavor with the, the rumors flying about Russian hacking. Now, I don't know where your research has brought you in this regard, but the Russian hack, is there any truth to it? What are the claims and how does that relate to no. voter fraud in America? No, I think it, no, it's absolute nonsense. First of all, the only possible way they could hack would be those sorts of electronic machines we talked about. Uh, many places still have uh, either paper balloting or they have mechanical, uh, they still have old-fashioned mechanical machines and stuff. There's no way to hack those unless you're there and they would have had to dispatch, I don't know how many tens of thousands of agents to the polling stations all across the country. But if it is true that they were somehow able to uh, electronically invade these non-invadable, uh, you know, computerized machines, why well, that goes against what they've been telling us all along, that they're not hackable. That's the whole basis of what they said. They claim that there is no hacking right, by right. regular people. They can't hack these things. But now they're saying the Russians somehow can hack them. Well, if the Russians can somehow hack them, well, then so can I or can, so can any computer geek. So the, you have to get the story straight. The, the hacking of the election is it's just it's, it's dumb theater. And I think the people who started it probably regret it because there was no way to to paint any kind of coherent 
picture of this uh, and maintain it with a straight face. Oh, but, but they're still trying. Yeah. They're still oh, trying. Oh, yeah. But I think it's uh, their their story is quickly unraveling with what we're seeing going on in the Middle East and us uh, quickly losing losing favor with uh, with what's going on over in Russia as well. Well, William Briggs, thank you so much for coming on the show, joining us and the rest of the Up Next team to talk about voter fraud and what it means. And we look forward to having you back on to learn more about what you're covering in the news today. 